0: The Wedding Thinners Podcast. Listen to our podcast. The buffet's closed. We're smaller clothes. Well, here we are, ladies and gents. This is episode 20 of the Wedding Thinners Podcast. Uh, Joining me this evening, we have the fabulous Rob Sykes. Say hi, Rob. Hi, everyone. There's Rob. And Robbie. you're joining us from uh, from Crete, albeit it's not necessarily sunny because I presume the sun has gone down and you very, very graciously and kindly uh, stayed up a little bit later for us. So thank you very much for being so patient, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, and we also have the amazing uh, Kat Gisby as well. She's joining us not from Crete. Where are you, Kat?
1: Lewisham. It's
0: not Lew- the same. No. It hasn't got the same <laughs> ring to it, has it? No. Nah. No. Sunny <laughs> Lewisham,
1: though. Was it sunny today at least? It was. Do you know what? It was fine. It was. It was fine. Yeah.
0: Bearable. You mean fine as in like bearable. Yeah. 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 Got it. Okay. I'm
1: putting a fine point on it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm really pleased and grateful for both of you just um you know agreeing to spend some time having a chat this evening. Uh, you know we're here to sort of chat all things mental health, fitness, and weight loss, and really whatever. Uh, so if anyone's listening and they're not sure what to expect from this podcast, if this is your first one, where have you been? Uh, but also this is uh you know the most hopefully informal chat about some of the rough and tough stuff that that might crop up. But we're also going to learn a lot about Rob, and we're going to le- learn a lot more about Cat as well. So um let's just let's crack on I'm going to throw a question out there um I'm going to start with you Kat and uh I'll be curious to know how you've been dealing with lockdown because Kat tell us a bit more about yourself and then you can tell us how you've been dealing with lockdown
1: oh man that's a nice big loaded question to start with isn't it
0: go go just basically unload everything right now
1: (laughs) everything all the things okay (laughs) so um I run a theatrical agency called Clarendon Personal Management and we started in 2019. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so we set up in 2019. We had a really, really lovely end to that year. We had lots of our guys doing Christmas work. Um, the beginning of the year is always a bit rocky because everyone's kind of recouping any money lost from over the Christmas period. And people are looking forward to you know, starting up projects in late March going into April. So the beginning of the year is always a bit fallow anyway. Um And <laughs> then this happened. <laughs> uh, and because we'd only just launched our business before all of this happened, we didn't really have the option of shutting up shop and starting something else, nor mm. did we want to particularly. And uh, we've, decided that throughout all of lockdown we've been looking after our 72 clients as, as much as we possibly can uh, either over zoom or via email like just sending out little blasts of this is what's going on this is what the governing bodies are saying about theater yeah. um, it will get better yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what the light at the end of the tunnel must be on some kind of string or something because i feel like i've been saying there is light at the end of the tunnel since about last april yes uh, but there is light at the end of the tunnel now yeah. i think and we hope. uh, hopefully yeah, yeah we'll exactly. keep
0: everything crossed for that being the case um, yeah. definitely. Yeah. and definitely and i mean you you you've well i think you've offered some consistency to uh, to people within an industry that haven't had any consistency for uh, quite some time so fair play and good on you for doing that and probably so. been quite nice really to keep yourself so. busy as well i mean yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah and rob what about you mate so just tell us a little bit more about what you do i know kat there's a little bit more to hear um, from you but rob you know share share with us what you do
2: yeah so hi everybody so i'm a sound therapist um, and i'm also a furniture maker that specializes in using um, straw marketry which nobody has heard of or well, not many <laughs> people have heard of but um those are those are my two kind of um my two kind of passions um yeah i have a i think i had what somebody described as a portfolio career and i have more than kind of one i've always had more than one job so currently it's straw marketry and it's uh, sound therapy brilliant um, T- tell us a bit more well, about sound
0: well, like, what was the impact on you for like of, of lockdowns? I mean, you're in Crete, uh, as we know, so I'm not sure whether it's been different there, whether you've been able to just sort of continue normally. Uh, and if you have, I wish yeah, I'd moved to that... Crete.
2: <laughs> That's what most of my friends are saying. Um, it's, <laughs> it's been kind of bittersweet, I must say, because I was, um, on the one hand, being in Crete is, is, I mean, it's a paradise island. I moved here three years ago and it really is, paradise. Um, And it largely to a large degree, certainly up until kind of up until the kind of the second lockdown, I've kind of lost count of how many lockdowns are in now. (laughs) But up until November of last year, um, you know, it didn't feel I felt removed from from what was going on, you know, obviously speaking to my friends and family in London. Yeah, uh, it felt like a very, very different situation here. There were very few cases, we were still in a lockdown because we have to follow the guidelines from from the mainland, from Greece. But um, yeah, it didn't really feel we were, we were. I was largely kind of unimpacted by it in terms of my, my surroundings and my day to day life here in Crete. Where it did affect me was I was actually um, traveling back to London once a month actually before the lockdown to do my sound therapy. So I was right. doing group sound baths, I was doing group sound baths in Camden once a month. Uh, and also treating people kind of on a one-to-one basis, so that has completely stopped. I've not been back to London since March last year, which wow. is the longest time I've actually been here on Crete. So it's been you know, it's been bittersweet, I have to say. Yeah. Some good and some some not so good.
0: Do you have you? Do you, are you out there with your family or are you out there on your own in Crete?
2: I'm um, here with my partner. So right. I came, okay. uh, yeah. I yeah. I came. I came to do a retreat in 2007 and you you uh, never left (laughs) i fell in love with the person running the retreat i mean so such a cliche my friends my friends i I left london and was was given the name shirley valentine by most of my (laughs) friends it's like a midlife crisis moved to crete nice
0: (laughs) that's so amazing yeah
2: that's great and it must
0: be but it must be weird for you i mean weird but also massively inconvenient for you rob you can't go back we can't yet come back and do your your work as as a sound therapist so like that yeah. must have impacted you like we 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 discussed in um last week's podcast about the idea of you know most people that we chat to on here not that we exclusively are talking about covid but like one of the uh, a huge um Uh, I think a huge sort of the huge seed for most recent mental health struggles has been that impact of I work this is my routine this is what I do this is who I am and no longer is this viable um, to use that horrible word which that knobhead once used about most of our industries Um, but what like how did you deal with that because for you obviously you have you've got form of your family where you are in Crete but obviously you you must have family back in London as well it must be you know must have friends and that's part of your social thing as well so like how did you what what was the impact on you first of all and how did you overcome that because I mean for me I wasn't gigging and that was a big deal for me but for you that's a huge chunk of your life that's on
2: pause yeah well very similar to what uh Kat said I, I I qualified sound therapist in 2018 so you know i still kind of i was very much in the, the kind of infancy of, of getting that kind of career off the ground if you like so you know when when kind of the the pandemic hit and everything stopped in march you know i was i was really you know i'd only done kind of let's say six months of kind of you know the working in like you know, traveling from crete to london on a monthly right. basis so I was, I was just getting into my groove really of 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 the sound therapy and you know Uh, doing these regular sound bars and you know working with one-to-one clients so that was tough Um, but also you know I'm a a London boy I grew I I was born and grew up in London um, all my life so really for me going back to London once a month was really I kind of you know, really, it was part of my mental health. Kind of, you know, it was, it was, it was part of my kind of keeping me sane. Really, yeah. to, for me to go back and to be able to see my friends and see my family on a, on a regular basis really did help yeah. me. Kind of, it's like a sane, reset, isn't
0: it? Like... It just sort of takes you back yeah, to, your, yeah, to your yeah, your beginnings it's, place. And it's like going back home. You know, really, is it have a very
2: different? Life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly that. So it's been. It's been tough. In that respect to be away for so long from from the people that I love the most
0: um hang on sorry I might have a technical glitch <laughs> I've just been told I've been signed out of zoom but I'm still here right you can still hear me yes you still okay. yes here. Here. well screw you zoom I'm doing it anyway so gonna, <laughs> if I disappear <laughs> I will come back but I, apparently I'm still here and I'm sort of defeating all odds um that's cool i'm sorry to interrupt you there rob but i mean like i'm curious to know a bit more about what a sound bath is because it sounds awesome so we're going to come back to that in, in a little bit as well um if you don't mind and and um you know like like you say you know everybody's routine changed and everybody's routine stopped and like like you were mentioning about going back to london that's you know that's your home that's your reset um i mean i presume as long as um I mean what 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 is it what's it like out in Crete can you w- will you be able to do those things again soon or is it a case of you just need to wait till whatever we say over in in the UK are you able to travel basically at the moment in Crete from Crete rather
2: no we've um <clears throat> no is the short answer we've gone into a kind of uh, the last couple of weeks we've gone into kind of even stricter lockdowns um Uh, You know, we have to send a text message every time we leave the house, stating one of six reasons why we're leaving. Two weeks ago, um, they enforced a new rule, which is that we can't go more than two kilometers from our house to do anything, including shopping or exercise. Uh, And I think we're now on a 7 p.m. curfew at the weekends.
0: My God. Wow. So is it still really Hmm. bad over there then?
2: Um, I think so. (laughs) To be honest, I don't, I've kind of given up a little bit. I don't, I just don't pay attention to, you know, obviously I have to abide by the the rules here, but you know, I'm not somebody that looks at the figures every day of how many cases there are. I understand there are more cases here now than there were this time last year, obviously. Um, so yeah I, I i really tried to i've you know i moved from uh i moved just after christmas into a tiny village so i was in Hania, which is one of the main kind of cities of crete crete is obviously quite a big island so we have Heraklion on the east side and we have hania on the west so we both have airports um and i was living in hania but um you know since since january i've been living in a tiny village um uh, of less than 100 people so I feel so removed I'm just surrounded by mountains now wow. so I feel wow. very blessed I feel yeah. very blessed to have this life you know where I'm so far removed from it but it means that I've kind of lost touch a bit really with yeah. what's actually happening
0: <laughs> well, I suppose that from the uh from the health sense you're in a, a better place aren't you uh than, than in the city but yeah and I you know I hope that um you know obviously you've got your partner there as well and that obviously offers some form of relief as well and hopefully you know like we just said about the light at the end of the tunnel hopefully there's something there and, and hopefully the same will be said for what's happening over in crete as well because you know you said about the 7 p.m curfew and then I, i'm sitting there thinking well i'm complaining because i can't go and see my mates and a 7 p.m curfew and, and all texting when you want to leave the house is just wow um so yeah well thank you for sharing that mate and uh yeah and thank you for spending the time that you are with us this evening um um, yeah, I'm going to come back to the sound bath cause it sounds wicked. Um, and if, if, and when you come back into, I presume we'll be doing Camden. I'll, I'm going to come and have one. It's something that's, uh, suitable for me. And that sounds, sounds mm-hmm. nice. Um, Kat, tell us a little bit more about your, um, so your, as well as your agency that you run, um, tell us a bit more about what you do. <laughs> cause you, yes. you didn't, I was surprised you didn't start off with, um, the performance aspect well, that I'm aware of, uh,
1: yeah, no, it's, um, it's a funny thing. So I have been working as an agent since about 2018. But before that, I was an actor and a singer and performer um, for the best part of about 10 years or so. And uh, it was it, it ended in a, in a really nice way. Like uh, I had my absolute dream job in the West End with the most amazing team. And we were a really lovely little family and I absolutely loved it. And on the last day, I left and looked at the theater, and I was like, "Do you know what? I'm done." And I never, I never expected that to happen because I was always the one that was like, "I'm gonna, you know, keep plowing on and go to all the classes and do all the Q and As and learn all the skills." And then I just left the theater that day, and I was like, "Oh,
0: what was the was show? Cool. What was the show that you finished on?"
1: It was the Gruffalo's Child, oh. and it was lush. It was oh, so nice, and I loved it. I was exhausted, but I loved it. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> it's cool. just running like children's theatre is just running <laughs> for an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, could, I could, don't think I could do it.
1: <laughs> it's. I mean, I didn't think I could. Some days I wasn't sure if I was, and I looked down. My feet were moving. I was like, "All right, fine. Let's, let's give this a go then." What
0: do you think? Um, that, what do you think caused that moment of just like, "No, I'm done. It's finished." Why, where did that come from? Do you think?
1: I think. I'd kind of, I'd been one of those kids that was like dreaming about getting into the West End and makes me feel sick just saying it, but you know, that kind of thing that was like, that was always the goal. That was everything that I was working towards and working really, really hard. Um, Parentheses, can I swear? Go for it. Awesome. Okay. Uh, just had Wait, to make sure. It really, really depends like what swearing. you're going to
0: say. I mean, but, I mean I'm, I'm happy. Rob, are you cool with this? Yeah, I think Rob's cool with that, right? I don't
2: think this thing, so we can, yeah, we can swear.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, I was working really bloody hard. And that's oh, not even swearing. That's, that's a say, massive that? build-up. Kat, come on. If you're going to do it,
0: do it. Go hard.
1: I'll get another glass of wine, and I'll <laughs> see you in a minute. Okay? okay. All right, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I worked really hard and, like, got everything I wanted to out of out of a good career. And um, I was really, really lucky that I had managed to go from job to job to job to job to job for a good 10 years. And a lot of that was touring. And um, my husband and I have been together for 10 years. And we realised that for about 40% of that time, we've been long distance because I've just been somewhere touring. else yeah um either touring the UK or or the rest of the world or whatever but um yeah so I was just like do you know what Yep, yeah, that was really cool and I want to see if I'm any good at anything else which neatly led into composition and writing music uh so my husband, his background is uh music technology and he he's a composer as well um, his music is absolutely brilliant. And I'm not even being biased. He's just, he's just amazing, um, and he he does a lot of technical stuff in in his job as well. Technical stuff. He's going to absolutely shoot me for saying
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I think what we'll have to do is get him on the podcast at a later date and then get his version of a, a side of the story. Uh, oh the, my the god. The invite's there. <laughs> mean,
1: he's just going to gonna gonna go. Yeah. She has a clear yeah. what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but <laughs> he, he's he got um, all of the kit and everything set up. Uh, and bit by bit, he's been teaching me how to use all of his the sample library and how to mix. Um, not on mastering yet, because apparently that's a dark art, and I don't <laughs> think my brain's got the space for that right now. Um, but luckily, uh, a group of my friends. Around the end of 2017, they gave me a phone call in a panic and <laughs> said, um, hi, we've written this show for the Vaults Festival and we need some music. And we just realised that we don't have any. Can you do it? I was like, well, yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, absolutely loved it and ended up like completely overwriting the whole thing and learned how to compose on a deadline, which was awesome. And now I work with them quite a lot. And we were really lucky. The show won a family show of the year, and it's been touring a fair bit ever since. And it's had really, really nice outings. It's called One Duck Down, and it's really, really cute.
0: One Um, Duck Down, sounds good.
1: One Duck Down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: um, Sort of based on a true story. Um, Do you guys remember uh, there was an episode of Blue Planet or one of the one of the Attenborough thingies, um, where there were seven thousand rubber ducks that were lost at sea. And then meteorologists were using it to, to track currents, depending on where the ducks were going. <laughs> so yes. we loosely based it on that and made it um an adventure about one boy trying to like clean up the oceans, so he'd go all around the world and oh, find all cool. these ducks, and ended up cleaning up the oceans along the way. And it's really sweet and it's really funny. And I'm not biased at all. <laughs> <I look.
0: laughs> it's my favorite thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> and you been, like that. That by the sounds of it, then that's um you know having that skill set and and being able to do that um has kind of sort of kept you occupied and quite busy during lockdown, I presume. And not only with your agency work, but you've been well, you wrote something just before. Lockdown is this right? And it had a couple of shows and it was going to lead into something amazing and magnificent. And then, you know, lockdown happened. Yeah. And so it's not quite happened. But is am right, I right and thinking it's the super scary film club? Is that Super look?
1: Scary Film Club? Yes. Super indeed. Scary Film
0: Club. I just want to put my voice <laughs> out there as the, that guy if you want. I mean, I can be there. I can be doing it. Um but yeah, tell us a bit more about Nailed that. It. <laughs> Thanks.
1: So um January, February 2020. Um, it's really weird thinking as if something actually happened last year. But in those few weeks before, you know, the global clusterfuck, and I'm going to say it because now I've got permission. There I did go. it. Global. It Told you. Global. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out. Right. Um, <laughs> so because I, I tend to write quite a lot in January because it's, it's a dead period. It's after Christmas. Everyone's still recovering. Um, so I end up writing quite a lot. And uh, I wrote two shows in six weeks, which you don't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a mad way to go about it, right?
1: Don't ever do that. It's not good for anybody. No. And I was trying to learn to drive at the same time. I was doing an intensive driving course in Southeast London. And yeah, don't ever do that. Wow. Just
0: <laughs> you stupid idea. Yeah. You were um, running towards the light, weren't you? Gosh.
1: Yeah, I think I've only just recovered now. I kind of <laughs> needed lockdown just to yeah. sit down for a bit and stare at the wall. So tell us about <laughs>
0: what's Super Scary Film Club all about.
1: So Super Scary Film Club is absolutely brilliant, hilarious fun. It's a three-hander comedy sketch show, kind of along the lines of Potted Potter or Dickens Abridged. Um, it's a family show that takes all of the most famous and well-known horror films so it doesn't sound like it's going to be family friendly um parodies the bejesus out of them and tries to get like as many titles as it possibly can within the hour um it's great fun the sketches are absolutely hilarious that the three guys who are in it are brilliant you've got uh, Emma reed who does a lot of the notflix improvisation troupe and they're all brilliantly funny as well have a look at them online if you haven't already yeah. um James Kenningale and Maxwell Tyler who are coincidentally, two of my clients Ah. (laughs) so that's good um and they're all hysterically funny and the three of them together are just amazing um so for the kids you're seeing three people faffing about reenacting some really silly things with silly hats and silly props and water guns and googly eyes and things and for the parents you're just absolutely having a wonderful time <laughs> watching these horror films being ripped apart for the ridiculousness <laughs> that underpins all of them.
0: Yeah, why not? Sounds like a lot of fun. Is yeah. the pl- I presume the plan is that you're going to take it back out there when when things allow.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely. Cool. Um, we're hoping very, very much for a resurgence in October. So, cool. kind of having something maybe October half term somewhere yeah. um, for a family show to. Uh, ready-made family show to go out there that you know only 25 people got to see because this weekend last year we were supposed to have the second half of the run at the Vaults Festival and everything got shut down and here we are
0: well I look forward to uh to joining you and uh coming to watch it because it will happen as you say like at the end of the tunnel yes uh, just not sure where. i would say
1: bring your little ones. maybe yeah. not the littlest little littlin
0: but no, okay the four-year-old <laughs> the four-year-old by then will be yeah. if october he'll be five yeah okay cool and and you very kindly uh there's music in it as well uh and you very kindly have prepared uh, a piece of music for us to listen to now
3: We got the same.
0: All right, there we go, ladies and gents. That was the Sugar Rush scene from the Super Scary Film Club. And um, we're we're hoping that um, that that might be live in the theatres in October this year. Is that right? Yeah, October this year. And hopefully no later. October 2021. Is that where we're at? 21? Yeah. I mean, if it's (laughs) any later than that, I mean, that's a damn shame, isn't it? -hmm. (laughs) That'd be really cool. Yep. Um, Rob, just uh, going back to you, dude. You mentioned about the sound bath. I'd like to know more. What is a sound bath?
2: Um, well, a sound bath obviously is is part of sound therapy is is kind of there's an interchangeable term. Some people call it sound healing. Right. Some people call it sound therapy. I I kind of tend to call it sound therapy. <clears throat> um, and a sound bath is is when you um, is, is sound therapy really for a group of people. So um, when I was doing my sound baths in London, I had probably about 30 people, 30, 35 people in a studio in Camden I was using. Um, and it's really, sound therapy really is just, is about taking people into a very, very deep state of relaxation using sound. That's one of the, that's the kind of umbrella kind of description, really. Um, And you can work with groups of people or you can work with individuals. Uh, When you're working with an individual, you can go much, much deeper and you can kind of, you can work with all manner of things from depression, stress, anxiety, pain relief. Um, I mean, it's even been used to treat cancer. So it's it's very, you know, the the spectrum of um, uses for sound therapies is far and wide. Um, For the sound baths or the sound journeys, it's uh, probably about an hour where people come and lie down on yoga mats. Uh, They have an eye mask. Uh, The room's kind of quite dark. It's warm. Um, And really for an hour, I just take them on a a, a journey through sound. I just um, immerse them in sound. So I use my voice. I use all manner of instruments, I use a drum, I use a gong, I use crystal bowls or uh, metal singing bowls um, and it's really just about taking people on a, on a journey through sound and what yeah. happens, what the, the, the magic really is that where the relaxation kind of happens is that it's the repetition of the sound that the, 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 the brain kind of interacts with and uh, you go into a different level of consciousness. So the sound will take you kind of from your everyday level of consciousness which is to a deeper um,
0: level
2: yeah to a deeper level yeah so you just so you come out of the sound journey feeling very very relaxed but it can also kind of bring out you can you know sound therapy is an energy-based therapy so it's really working with the energy of the body so the sound can very often kind of move energy in the body so that can be transforming pain or it can be bringing emotions to the surface
0: wow so that's absolutely fascinating and then actually rob until um until uh sarah put me in touch with you um i'd never heard of sound therapy i've heard of musical therapy or a musical therapist and i was like this is curious and actually, i did think oh well that, that must be what he what he does but he just calls it something different um it sounds amazing and we were talking on i don't remember which podcast but we were talking about um the the how how um how powerful sound can be but just even on a bass level just like bird singing was actually what we were referring to in one of the previous podcasts and how like it can you know if you really consciously listen out for it and how much almost like your your visual landscape becomes much clearer as well it sounds absolutely fascinating and, and when 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 we're allowed and when you know permission is granted um something that I'd, I'd love to come and and, uh, and try it out because um yeah sounds absolutely amazing um, so yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we'll have funny, you... yeah, I mean, how did you even get in? Yeah. How do you even get into that? Where do you train for, for that?
2: Well, it's it's funny that you say you didn't, you know, you didn't know you'd never heard of it. Um, you know, up until when I did my training in um I did my training in 2017, I think, and I'd I'd never heard a friend of mine uh, was kind of Mentioned one day that he was going to a sound bath, and I, I had no idea what that meant hmm. because you know it's like, what the hell is it? Yeah, that's kind uh, of what I he,
0: thought when you said it as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: so he, he it's because it's just that word bath. You know, yeah. when you put the word bath next to the word sound, you think, what that, what is that? What can hmm. it be? Um, and he took me, you know, so he took me along to this sound bath, and I was, you know, I was sold. I was that experience. I just came out, and I was. I mean, I, I, I just went somewhere, and that's the thing. You, because you're kind of because the sound takes you to a different level of consciousness. It's, you know, you just when it when you come out of it, you just feel like you've been somewhere you don't quite know where, but you know that you've been on Absolute. some kind of yeah. journey. Yeah, and you just feel so, you know, you just feel so relaxed. You know, you, so it brings a very kind of profound sense of peace.
0: Yeah. Is that something that you could, I mean, I presume you've been doing some of that online uh, and you can't, can you do it online? I mean, I'm presuming, but maybe you can't. Yes,
2: you can to, yes, you can to a degree. degree. So with the, yeah, I mean, you can still, you can do, I mean, you can do sound baths online. Uh, It's not the same experience as as the live experience, but they definitely still work. Mm. Uh, I tend to, um, I tend to record, I've attempted twice to do live Zooms and the technical gremlins have always gotten in the way. So, um, you know, it's just, it's when that happens, you, you know, it, 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 it just threw me. <laughs> so yeah. I've kind of, I tended to do is kind of, I've recorded them, I've recorded the sound baths, and then I've kind of, you know, played them online for people. So yeah, sure. it just removes that layer of kind of risk from- Yeah, the and it's like,
0: and it's the gremlins. worst feeling in the world, isn't it? When you're in the middle of something Zoom related and you think, oh no, it's not working. Yeah, and you've got people at the other end yeah. who are you know, waiting waiting on you. So, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. you know, I, I would love to, um, yeah, when permissions allow and when we're allowed to, that's uh, that's something to put in the diary. And Kat, you're going to come along as well if you want to? You're going to come and join us? Absolutely. I, yeah, I must say, amazing. I wondered
1: if a sound bath was like lying on a massive speaker. And that sounds quite cool <laughs> like in itself, the vibrations. <laughs> But, yeah, it sounds really, really well, lovely, and I really want to go.
2: Yeah, it's great. There's the part of the part of the one to one therapy that I do is this thing called voice analysis. So I can I can I record somebody's voice and I'll get like a, a graph that will allow me to analyze that person's voice. And then from that graph, I can I'll know which frequencies to give you to listen to to kind of to, to rebalance your system. Because effectively, sound therapy is just all about bringing you back into balance. Uh, as a a human being it works on your it works on kind of four aspects of your being it works on your physical being your physical body your emotional body your mental body and your spiritual body so really what we're doing with the sound is just kind of bringing you back into alignment or back into balance yeah
1: so then do you do you match that frequency with the person's natural speaking voice or do you go to the other end of the spectrum and, and balance it out somewhere in the middle
2: so I, so obviously everyone has a very unique voice. that the thing to remember here is that our, our voice is, um, you know, the, the, the voice is the most powerful instrument that we all own as human beings. Um, it's, you know, that we can use on ourselves for our own self-healing, if you like. Um, but the, they say that the voice is an expression of our soul. So it's like, if you called a friend, you would know within seconds if that friend was in a good mood or a bad mood because the voice is so expressive. You know, if someone's hungover or if someone's sad or angry or it comes out in voice. When, uh, when, I, when I do the voice analysis, you know, depending on, it's, it's like taking a snapshot of where that person is in that moment in time in their life. <clears throat> And I can kind of, I can analyze, you know, based on the graph that I get, I can kind of see if somebody is, you know, needing a, a particular note to be reintroduced into their system.
0: because boost of frequencies in the, place, the, yeah.
2: With the voice analysis, the graph will show kind of high notes and low notes. So it will, it, will, it will tell me what's what that person is missing in terms of the frequencies in their body. So I can reintroduce them I can, I can, you know, those low frequencies, I can give them back to that person to listen to. And that will kind of bring the high notes down and the lower ones up to a kind of, to a more even level. And that, yeah. if you think about the level is, is the balance that we're looking for. Equilibrium, the isn't it? Yeah. That's
0: where you want to be. Wow. That's Pretty really cool. cool. Yeah. Really cool. Well, sold. Uh, one ticket please uh, <laughs> that sounds great and I've written that down I'm going to use that with my students the voice is an expression of our soul um, so I'm going to put that on a thing and put it on the display I like it thank you um, and but Rob it's not only you know, you can have it. thank you <laughs> is it do I need to put Rob Sykes 2021 at the bottom or is that from somewhere else I'll just put Rob Sykes sound therapist 2021 they won't know <laughs> And like, obviously, no. Sound- so I, took off my teacher. I, I stole oh. it from my teacher. So. Oh, okay. Well, we've all stolen something from a teacher down the line, haven't we? I suppose. You, like, obviously, sound therapy. Um, it's not the first time that you've used sound uh, to, um, you know, to to sort of manipulate, if you like, a, a, an audience. Um, you, you you used to be a DJ as well, didn't you? So tell us a little bit more about your your DJ career. What what, what sort of stuff yeah, do you I, do? I DJ. For-
2: so I DJ prof- professionally for about 25 years. So I started in about in or around 1989 <clears throat> um kind of well I was going to say by accident but nothing in this world is by accident but I had a very very lucky break um <clears throat> in the um the clubs that I started to DJ in in the you know the first club that I DJ'd in was called um Quiet Storm and it was uh, in the West End of London, one of the promo- Davina McCall was one of the promoters of the club. And we used to have people like Prince and Kylie Minogue and John Galliano, all kind of coming down to this particular club. So I got a very, very um, fast track <laughs> route in, into into kind of you know this whole DJ world. So I was playing at the Ministry of Sound when it first opened, and you know I played at you know many of the best clubs. In London at that time, um, and then for you know from from there went to kind of play in and around Europe, and then kind of all over the world, and then the kind of the peak I'd say of my DJ career was um, in two thousand and twelve. So the night of the uh, London Olympics, I played at George Michael's house. He had an after party, and That's I DJed cool. for him.
0: Wow. So At that point, I was like, okay, "I don't need to DJ anymore. I just played <laughs> tick,
2: tick, football. tick. Yeah, you've done it all." Yeah.
0: And did you stop? I mean, that was that your last uh, gig?
2: No, it wasn't my last gig. Oh, okay. I, kind of, I, mean, I I guess I kind of stopped. I, that was 2012. I mean, I, I probably stopped properly playing in the clubs around 2014, 2015, because that's that's when I went up to Scotland and I retrained as a furniture maker.
0: Right. Was there anything, did anything bring that on uh, or was it like cat? You just sort of went, I'm done. Like, this feels like a very natural. Uh, yeah. It's a bit on. of a
2: kind of, you know, I'd been, th- I'd done it for 25 years. I'm somebody that, I mean, you know, it's my passion. I love music as, you know, has always been my passion, but I think I just got to a point where, yeah, I, had done it. You know, yeah. I was kind of, it wasn't, it, it kind of plateaued a little bit. It wasn't really taking me where I wanted it to go. So uh it was a, a bit of both it kind of I gave it up and it kind of gave me up if you like so there sure. was a there was a grief there was definitely a period of grieving over um that DJ career it didn't yeah. you know kind of yeah. when it got to that point where I could see it wasn't going to go any further I had to kind of accept that and that was a really difficult kind of pill to swallow I have to say yeah. and I, but, guess as, you know, I guess as I guess as well onto,
0: onto other things that you're doing but but I guess as well like um by the sounds of it, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but but by the sounds of it, you kind of started at at the point where most people are aspiring to get to. You know, like if you're in a club that's that's being promoted to, you know, Prince, I don't know the Z Listers uh, that you've just mentioned. You know, like you're yeah. there. You know, and you you kind of you've you've ticked about a thousand boxes at the starting point. So yeah, I, yeah, was, I mean, as, as I say,
2: I was I was extremely lucky. I yeah. mean, I just yeah, the people that I met. At the time that I met them, I was just, I think I was, you know, like many people say I was in the right place at the right time. I was, (laughs) you know, I was like, you said as well, like
0: it's not lucky. Like it is meant to be. Uh, And, and, and like something happens, doesn't it? And I, I, I'm grateful for everything that's happened to me. Even the shit stuff has led to where I am today. And actually when I think about what I've got and who I'm surrounded by constantly and what I do, I'm yeah. Incredibly grateful. So yeah. Well, fascinating. And, um, yeah, that's a pretty pretty cool DJ career um, in itself. And it like, was, the yeah, show... I was.
2: I think.
0: No, go on, mate. Go on. Sorry.
2: Well, I was no, I was. Gonna, I was just gonna um, echo what you said. You know, I was. I was very. Uh, I was. I had a very. Yeah, I had an amazing DJ career. I have to say, I travelled all over the world. I, you know, I could get my. Friends into clubs for free, you know, free drinks, playing music that I love to, you know, bringing people together with sound. Yeah. I mean, all of it. It's just, I mean, it is, you know, is an incredible career back then. You know, back then it was an art form because we were playing vinyl, we were playing, you know, was, yeah. for me when it kind of started yeah. moving into a more digital realms, it became less of an art form, and you know, everyone, and, you know, everyone and their mother was a DJ, so you know, it lost its kind of um, appeal, I guess, you know. Yeah. When everyone's doing it, it's not so special. But back in back in the early days when I was playing, you know, it was a skill.
0: Quite exclusive, it. And Kat, like you, you've mentioned obviously your 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 acting as well. But you know, I, I'm very aware of the the gorgeous singing voice that you have, uh, and also very aware of the um you know the, the the amazing work that you do with a with a group called um, the Pocket Bells. Um, and I actually I I was um I was switched on to the Pocket Bells way before I even met you actually because we. We met at a gig, didn't we? I I think, am I right anything saying that? We just met randomly at a gig and you got up on stage. Uh, Oh, well, rather, I think- Don't put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were one of them. Oh, my friend can sing. No. No, 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 that didn't happen. It couldn't be further from that. And I don't remember how how I was made aware of the fact that you were a singer, Um, but I was. I know
1: exactly how it happened. So you, (laughs) and this is such a ridiculous story, how we met Tom, this is amazing that you you were playing at a wedding, and yep. it was a family wedding of uh, one of my husband's, I'm going to say, cousin. I think there's, I don't, know, I don't know, one of those, not entirely sure <laughs> what the connection is, um, at her wedding, and a drunk family member went, That's oh, Kat, you sing, don't you? I was like, yeah, yeah but not now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he, he marched <laughs> up to you, and he said, she can sing. Did you know she can, she can sing, she should sing with you. Right, I'm going to go get her, and she's going to sing with you. And I think, bless you
0: for going along with it. <laughs> well, it's interesting because just... <laughs> ordinarily I wouldn't. Ordinarily I'd be like, cool, and i just carry on. um <laughs> But I thought, I think actually I might have been vocally a bit fatigued that day, and I thought, great, I could do with a rest. So yeah, yeah and the rest is the break, beautiful history. Right? I'm pleased that I said yes because <laughs> I remember you got up because we we have had that before, uh, and of course we okay. do have those moments where you're like, okay, then yeah, jump up, and it's sort of uh, it's terrible, um but it's fun as well. Like I, you know, I mustn't not it you know it's a lot of fun <laughs> to do it and and the people doing it love it and the audience love it and it's a really nice thing to bring yeah. people together but you got up on stage and you smashed the yeah. shit out of it and I remember looking across the other band going okay she's quite good um I think you might even did you do two numbers in the end? I think you did too do- Oh
1: god if you I, definitely, I did I definitely remember definitely one. <laughs> stage,
0: you're welcome um that's all I'm saying but yeah sorry <laughs>
1: sorry you go yeah definitely. but then
0: but even stranger than that though after after that show finished and we would we were just chatting and and whatever, then um then it, then then I established the fact that you actually work with L and the well I'll say L and the Pocket Bills the Pocket Bills and I was like shit I know them and that was a really um you know beautiful twist of fate really that you know through some sort of weird um industry thing we kind of knew each other mutually anyway um so yeah tell us a bit more about uh, the Pocket Bills though because they're amazing and Rob if you haven't heard of them you should totally check them out
1: They are amazing and yeah. I love them they're my favorite women ever and uh, it's our—it's the ten-year anniversary of Out and the Pocket Bells this year, which is really, really lovely. So that's coming up in May, I think. Um, but the band was started by Elle and a few core members back in 2011. Um, I joined them as a depth in 2012, I think. Um, and since then, I think I've sung every part right. <laughs> somewhere at some point. Um, but just tell us, now, little,
0: tell us a little bit about the vibe of the the act. This is a very unique um, performance group, isn't it?
1: It is, yes. So we kind of go along the lines of post Duke box that we do. Andrew's sisters kind of nineteen forties inspired harmonies to modern songs. Like yeah. one of our our big hitters is "Walk This Way." That's always an absolute banger. It's so much fun. I love doing that one as well. It's great fun, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't I don't know how else how else to describe it. Tom help me out. What what uh, more can well, say um, it's
0: that? it's vocal harmony led. Uh yeah, it's the Andrew Sisters vibe. It's but what's it's fun and quirky, you know, it doesn't I, what I love about it is that you you love it you love it. You love what you're doing but you're not taking it too seriously as well. Uh and it's it's just so it's tight vocally. It's just brilliant. Um so I think actually now we should listen to one, shouldn't we? That would be a nice thing to do, right? Can we yes. do that? Yes. So what what track are we going to have for you? Because you've sent us a a whole cacophony of tunes that we can choose from. (laughs) But what are you going to play for us? Or what what am I going to play, basically?
1: So um, this is one that I've been noodling around with over the course of lockdown and something that we all recorded at home. And it's a 1940s-inspired version of a 1990s classic, uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
0: Yeah, this is the one I was watching earlier. Did Did you get a chance to watch this, Rob? On did I send it to you on the? I did actually. Yeah, this is great. Uh, it no, you did but,
2: but when, yeah.
0: What were you going to say, Rob? Sorry.
2: I was going to say as as soon as I saw who the other guest was, I kind of went and did a bit of you know investigative work and found <laughs> you know did a who's cat Digsby and then obviously got led to YouTube and saw the uh, and listened to the, the the Fresh Prince track. So yeah, it's brilliant. Well done.
0: Well, Listen, let's have that. Um, the pocket bells is it L and the pocket bells, or am I just pocket bells?
1: It's L and the pocket bells, yeah.
0: L and the pocket bells with the fresh Prince of Air.
3: Now, this is the story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. Now, I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you how came the prince of a town called back <laughs> <laughs> In West Philadelphia born and raised on the playground was where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxin', all and all shooting some people outside of the school When a couple of guys they were up to no good Started making trouble in my neighborhood I got in one little fight and my mom got scared She said, you move them with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air I whistle for a cat Freshening her dice in the mirror If anything, I would say that this cab was right, But I thought, now nah, forget it. your home to do 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 Do-do-do-do-do I pulled up to the house about seven or eight And I yelled to the cabby, your home, smell you later Looked to my kingdom, I was finally there To sit on my throne Sit on my throne Sit on my throne Prince
0: of Bel-Air. All right, we're back. That was a lovely Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rendition. Probably my favourite, actually. Um, so tell oh, us why, why the Fresh Prince? Just because culturally brilliant?
1: Just because it makes people happy to listen mm. to it. Like the first second you know exactly what it is and you go absolutely <laughs> yes and i guess
0: yeah like, i guess when you're doing stuff with um with ellen the pocket bells like people possibly don't know what to expect um uh, and they certainly wouldn't expect that in the set and that's what i like um, that's what i love about uh, about the band is you you watch and you sort of like oh my god they're doing this in this style it just what um so yeah i think it's such a unique fantastic sound and you guys always like look the part as well you you know you you do the whole um either i don't actually is it the andrew sisters look you do that look so well yeah it's just the whole package is brilliant
1: we're quite lucky that we're we're very varied and the the different venues that we played in we kind of tailor ourselves to wherever we are so we we had a residency the ritz for the last five christmases i think um every saturday in december which was really lovely and that was it was very 1920s, you know, slinky, yeah. sparkly dresses and tight 1920s hair. Um, and that that was always a massive party and it was amazing fun. Yeah. And then like we played Glastonbury where we do a few more of our electro swing sets with a DJ called Mr Trick, who is going to have uh, an album out later on this year. Listen to that. It is liquid gold. It is so uplifting and so much fun. I cannot wait for it to be released. Um, and we're doing some BBs on there as well so that's oh, really cool. exciting um yeah and we we're, we're really really lucky that we've had some really nice residencies and we did um oh, we played Quaglino's quite a few times as well so like it's, it's a real mixture and a difference between the the very sleek what you would expect a kind of a sultry jazz singer to do but then we're singing walk this way in five yeah. part harmony yeah. um and then bugle boy with like, as in boogie woogie bugle boy the standard the very famous andrew sisters yeah um with a, a dj playing a beat in the background and like a, a full brass section behind us like but it just works that's what i mean and things. it's, it's yeah. the whole
0: package of entertainment isn't it it's it's the surprise of it it's the musicality and how fantastic that is yeah it's it's the whole package um and that's you know that's absolutely why uh, you know, I've always um aspired to try and get you guys uh, playing up at Poppy's and hopefully yes, we can do that um uh, in the near future. That would be amazing. That would fit right <sighs> in. Um Rob, just yes, so you please. know, Pop at uh, Poppies is a is a fish and chip shop that um I, have have you well, heard of Poppy's?
2: Of course I have. Oh, of course you have because, yeah, because it's Sarah. My
0: <laughs> Now, of course, I, I should have put two and two together there, shouldn't I? Yeah, but yeah, so I think um, it would be amazing to get you up there at some point. So let's hope we can do that soon. And uh, yeah, and Rob, you can come down as well. Have you come back? And it's in Camden, so it works really well. Do a sound bar, exactly. come and have some chips, wicked, and listen to awesome music. Yeah what could be finer <laughs> um you know, now listen we, we've off the back you're of you're eating, eating chips.
2: chips as well so
0: yeah i miss chips and they do an, an amazing sticky toffee pudding there as well um yeah whenever whenever um, my band are up there playing we always or less so now but um i remember the first time my band played up there every member of the band looked like they were in some sort of like fish and chip coma and they, they just had to get up and play and it's like Oh, my God, that was so good. And then just you could tell their mind was on what they just experienced. So, um, And it's with with that lovely, tenuous link of fish and chips that I'm going to ask you a question that I wanted to ask you uh, in the previous um, section. I completely forgot, but I wrote it down this time. So it's there. And I ask a lot of, of the guests that come on and chat to us about this. So. Go with it as you wish. What is your relationship like with food? Now you have, unlike other guests, you've had a bit of time to uh, to sort of maybe process it and think about it a little bit more, whereas normally I literally throw it at people and they have to think on the spot. Um, so Kat, in light of that question, what, what would you say your relationship is like with, with food? I know that you've been shielding and I know you've mentioned that you've been doing tons of cooking. So has your relationship changed as a result of that?
1: Kind of, yeah. I definitely have more of an appreciation for food and I'm sure as both of you will have experienced like being on the road and gigging and not knowing what time you're going to be able to eat something. And it's, you know, a lot of like a musician's diet is a sausage roll and a baby bell from a petrol station occasionally, because you don't know when you're next going to get some food. Yeah. Um, Just it's been so lovely having the time to plan what I'm going to cook things that I'm really excited about. Eating. And it's something that my husband and I can do together. Like we've we've been getting into baking bread, particularly. Like we we bake um baguettes quite a lot now, um, which has been really, really nice. And he did just tonight he did an amazing um garlic and lemon roast chicken that oh. I'm gonna turn into other things throughout the week. Oh. Um, which was really, really good. I've
0: not had dinner yet, so this is screwing me over. God, what yeah i know well, that's your problem well no you i have I've, I've had a salad don't get me wrong i've eaten something i'm not silly sure. not anymore anyway <laughs> yeah that sounds great and so you're you've baked a baguette am i right in thinking with a with baguette you need to leave a hole in the middle
1: oh um so we don't do that i mean you you may well need to leave a hole in the middle and we don't do that for quite literally no reason and we're getting it wrong <laughs> but whatever we've made we quite like um but we always do the the kind of overnight starter so you you put the um the flowers together and a bit of the yeast and separate the two put them to one side uh-huh. um one of them you add cold water and it kind of turns into a batter overnight right. then you go back to the the second one mix everything together and then that makes the dough
0: I love yeah. a baguette we got Can you we got to love a baguette really so your appreciation of food has changed throughout lockdown and i suppose actually having the time to cook um you know allows you to think a bit more about you know the nutrients and you know what you're consuming and that that in turn do you feel healthier as a a result of that are you finding that you're turning less and you know to the crap food and now you're like well you know this is this is good stuff and it tastes good and it's you know it's nourishing it's wholesome and it's full of the stuff my body needs
1: pretty much yeah i mean it's the the things that we 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 were generally quite healthy eaters anyway but of course, in lockdown, like I have a very sedentary job. I don't, I'm lucky enough to not need to leave the house for work. But if you eat something, then you don't use any of that energy
3: no.
1: <laughs> unless you're, you know, going for a run or doing a bit of exercise or something. So it's, it's for us, it's not so much the health benefits as feeling better in more of kind of a holistic sense. Yeah. Yeah um that yeah just kind of knowing that everything that we've done is made from scratch rather yeah. than and it's and healthier
0: we, as well no process yeah it's no processing yeah it's good stuff that you're doing yeah yeah cool and have you like do you uh, you, do you do you do yoga
1: i do um huh. but i'm five foot nothing so it looks a bit weird <laughs> um
0: <laughs> so what have you been doing just to sort of keep your yourself active because i know you've been shielding and that predominantly i guess means that you can't leave the house at all um, yeah, what, what have you that's, been doing to keep fun. yourself active?
1: Yeah, um, I try and do quite a lot of different things. Like, my husband is really, really good at getting on the exercise bike first thing every morning, so he watches the news and sits on the exercise bike for a good half an hour or so. Which, fair play to him, I, I can't speak first thing in the morning, so I don't know how he does that. Um, but I like to do a mixture of, um, we've got a couple of little parks by us here in southeast London, so it's really nice just to run around them and see how the season's are (laughs) changing um a bit of yoga um some pilates which is really nice uh and my husband's got a set of weights that have been gathering dust for for a while so i've cracked them back out again and have built up like a nice kind of um uh, resistance training schedule that i do every now and again yeah
0: yeah i i love the thing that's really turned me on to um to exercise and actually appreciating it and seeing the benefits of it but also fooling my body into exercise and was learning to box um and that nice. that had always been something that I was keen on and I know I've said it in previous podcasts how amazing and transformative that was for me um the, a the guy that you know I was doing it with is a good mate of mine so that really helped but also uh he's a he's a PT so he knew and I'd been very upfront and honest with him about what I was actually trying to achieve which was to fool my body into getting fitter but actually having to learn a skill otherwise I was going to get punched in the face um you know uh, nobody wants to see this ruined do they look at it look at that beautiful <laughs> face so yeah that, that was really the start for me was learning boxing and then I kind of like I liked the fact that I could feel fit I was feeling fitter there was a skill that I was learning there and I felt good as a result of that and actually I felt not that I would ever want to use any of those skills but I felt I don't know, a bit more assured. Um, but then that, that then turned to me doing more weight work and resistance work, like you've just mentioned. And like the, the thing for me, like from a fitness point of view, that actually helped me more than anything, I think, to continue with it was the fact that where I was lifting weights, I could feel there was a difference and I could feel the change. Whereas previously when all I'd been doing was going to see a PT and they'd get me running back and forth and lifting the medicine ball and, you know, hopscotch and do this and whatever and shut up and whatever and do that and run. (laughs) I suddenly, well, and, and you never see any benefit from that. You never, you don't see, don't see the weight. You don't see the weight loss. You don't feel any different. You feel exhausted. I felt embarrassed, but I think because I could feel the transformation and I used to walk around like, not to be vain, but as a reminder, almost just sort of like holding my arm, just to be like, well, oh, that's my muscle." Fucking hell! No, look at that. I did that, and that's as a result of this. So, yeah, that it does weight make stuff a difference. Made, oh man, it's yeah. Good. Weight like, stuff. Like
1: that's. I feel like that's that's the thing that I've gotten into the most. And yeah. again, being five foot nothing, it's it feels better to have yeah. a bit of muscle, and you know, if I need it it's there and just, you know, feeling stronger and a bit bigger than I am is useful.
0: Yeah, very, I actually, I, um, I lifted my kit, all my gig stuff uh, has been in storage because I've been having building work done. And I lifted it from with the storage place to my car and then the car, when I drove home back to the storage. And like these speakers are heavy. I was one-handing them. I was like, what's this? This light old thing. So, you know, it's like the small little things, the non-scales victories is what they call them. So, yeah, I'm loving yeah. the weights as well. It's brilliant.
1: And it totally, it builds up over time. Like if it's something that you can just do, like I usually do it first thing in the morning, once or twice a week, yeah. just lifting the weights as many times as I can think. And then I think, oh, wow, I did twice as many as I did last week. Yeah. And it's definitely something that, You can start off small and quite happily build up and you. Yeah, you see a difference with things oh, like that. That's Good to get into. I'm pleased
0: that we've got that common ground there. I shall be messaging you and asking you what you're doing next. Uh, yeah, that'd be <laughs> it's cool. It's all about the gun
1: show. Uh, yeah. It is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <It's> 1001. Um, <laughs> what about you, Rob? What's, um, what's your relationship like with food? I mean, you've had even longer now to think of a uh, of a response. So you're, you're very, very fortunate. <laughs> I've, I've gone off on so many,
2: obviously, while still listening to you two, I've obviously gone off on many different tangents in terms of my relationship with food and, and things. Thinking of how to answer this question, um, I'd say I generally have a good relationship with food. Um, it's interesting that since I left the UK and moved to Crete, uh, obviously we don't have you know Marks and Spencer's here, for example, so we don't, you know, so all those processed foods I'm, I'm eating far less processed foods because you just they're just not available here. Um, but my diet did significantly change. Also, when I moved here, I did a, I did a, um, I did an ayahuasca ceremony, and it totally changed my relationship to eating meat. And one of the things that came up for me in that ceremony was, was, um, you know, was was this thing about the animals and the slaughter of animals. So it, it very, you know, my kind of relationship with eating meat changed as a result of doing that that particular plant medicine ceremony. So I don't, I don't eat meat anymore. Okay. Um, I have a my weakness, I guess, is that I have a sweet tooth. So I kind of, <laughs> you know, chocolate and crisps are my kind of snack treats. Um, but I'd say generally my my relationship with food has always been pretty good. Um, but it's better now that I've, I'm living in Crete. I would say. Yeah, I mean, and also that's, not to, say, that's not to say that I don't miss Marks <laughs> and Spencer's lasagna and oh. all the other kind of amazing moussaka, actually not lasagna, the Marks M- and Spencer's moussaka <laughs> was my go-to. <laughs> my, that was my comfort food. That was my treat. So um, yeah. I, uh, they used to do this. I, I mean, not that, we
0: should, not that we should advertise Marks and Spencer's an awful lot, although I am conscious of I that just- we keep saying Marks and Spencer's. Oh, no, no, I don't <laughs> mind. But what I'm saying is they're not giving us anything. So why? Yeah, it's all right for Chris Evans. He, he gets everything from them. But they used to do this spread. My, my, uh, my wife um, used to have a, a flat. Um, just on the outskirts of Blackheath really close actually uh probably yeah. to where you are in Lewisham as well but and there's a Marks and Spencer's garage and they used to do this uh cheese toast spread it was like it was basically it was like slightly it was in a butter well it was in a, in a butter like thing and you'd get it out and you'd spread it and it was thick and you'd put it under the toaster, and my god under the grill rather and it was just but yeah so, yeah, Marks and Spencers do do the good shit. Uh, let's put you it. You know what?
1: Way. I think I'm down the road from that petrol station. So oh, first yeah. thing tomorrow, I'm going to go out and find yeah, it. No, they
0: don't do it anymore. I've checked. What? It's not, it's not no. there. I drove all the way from my house to find it. Never. It's gone. It's all gone. <laughs> <I don't laughs> and it's not because I bought it all and have it in storage somewhere. It's just, they, it must have just been one of those things. That they, they did every now and then. So, damn you, Marks and Spencers. Oh, man. <laughs> if they're going to do anything, they'll bring it back. But, Rob, the food in Greece uh, is just, stunning and i i you know having um i went out there a few times with my parents on holiday just it's fresh isn't it it's it's like you say non-processed yeah. it's it's just good like you just feel healthier it's eating like it. I
2: mean, the tomatoes taste like yeah. i mean i'm not even going to, i'm not even going to say the tomatoes taste like tomatoes <laughs> the tomatoes taste like strawberries i mean it's just the, the the i mean that was quite mind-blowing for me moving here tasting yeah fruit and vegetable that actually tasted like it was supposed to taste yeah brilliant. You, you know you said so, i suddenly realized yeah. oh god all that shit i was eating you know, thinking i was eating an apple you know the taste it's just there's no comparison i mean yes it's a the mediterranean diet obviously is, as, as as we all know is a, um, a very good diet um you know it's been proven to kind of help um with the aging process People yeah. that tend to eat a Mediterranean diet tend to live longer. Um, but yes, olive oils. I mean, you know, the, uh, the, the, the neighbor that I had when I lived in Hanya, her garden literally had, um, I'm going to, this is going to be a bit of a roll call, but she had fig trees, lemon trees, oranges, apricots, pomegranates, pomegranates. Uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, you know, and we, it was, you know, she was like, oh, just come and help yourself through. And oh. there's something very magical about, and it does I, mean, I never got bored of it, of going to pick a lemon off a bloody tree. I mean,
0: and then using or it. Yeah. Orange,
2: you know, yeah. I'm picking this fruit off a tree. It's like, it's, you know, that's when I, when I say that now I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm part of a, a Cretan tourist board information, <laughs> but this place is paradise in, in that sense, you know, yeah. you couldn't, yeah. you know, it's just, you literally live the off the land, food, don't you? The food really is, you know, out of this world. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, you know, I'm happy to come and see you in Camden for the uh, sound bath, but I might just go out and see you in Crete by the sounds of it. Absolutely. And Not we could nothing. do like a sound bath food retreat. What do I reckon? Let's do it. Yeah. The po- we, could t- we could take the-, the wedding fitness podcast. Global. <laughs> We'd go international. Yeah. I like that idea. All right. Well, listen, um, Thank you both so much for joining me this evening. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. And, uh, you know, like I said um, in the little mini break we had a moment ago, it's always a, 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 a like when the conversation just flows and when it's just easy, when there's laughing and stuff like that, it's exactly what I want. So thank you both so much uh, for taking the time to just um, come and chat random stuff with me, really. Um, uh, Kat, how can people find out more about... Um, your agency or how can people find out more about your performance with the pocket bells and the 10 year thing, just generally, like how can they get in touch with you uh, if they want to know more about what you're doing?
1: So in terms of pocket bells, um, find us on Facebook. We're Ellen the pocket bells on Facebook. Um, We don't tend to use Twitter. um, And then normally on Facebook and Instagram. So I think on Instagram, we're at pocket bells. Um, We put all of our videos and stuff on there and there's going to be, Lots more coming up soon, and we are very, very, very much hoping for some more gigs over the summer. That's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, in terms of composition and new shows, uh, very much hoping Super Scary Film Club is going to have an outing in October. Um, there might be a new show at the vaults. Um, over the summer an immersive dining experience possibly hopefully maybe fingers crossed that everything is going ahead um so that's a family show so do come and see that with the whole clan um yeah i think that's it
0: brilliant well and rob what about for you dude
2: um okay so i'm currently i'm currently well the the journey home is is something that i'm currently promoting which uh, is a yes that's right a i'm sorry five we can week be... online course yeah
0: <laughs> i'm so sorry talk so, about talk, it now, quickly. yeah no let's, no no. but we can take the time it isn't we don't have to wrap up let's talk about it you've got an online course turning so, home
2: so okay so my, my partner is a, a body psychotherapist he does this thing called core energetics um and we've kind of collaborated and created this kind of five week online kind of audio course for people that we're calling The Journey Home. And it's, um, it's really about connecting people to their kind of inner power and kind of sovereignty, if you like. It's really about cutting out the external noise that's going on at the moment. So, you know, everything that's making people feel fe- fearful and stressed and anxious this course really is about cutting out all of that noise and coming back to the center of, of, you know, to our own truth, you know, and we, we, we're kind of guiding people, um, on this kind of adventure, if you like, this five-week adventure where we're connecting them to their breath. We're doing, it's a bit of an exploration of kind of mind, body and sound therapy. So, Mm. um, each week we have a different theme so the first week is called the art of pausing where we just really you know connect people to their breath and get them to kind of you know to literally just pause and breathe and come into their body the second week is the art of listening where i kind of give them some techniques to kind of really expand their listening which sounds really um (laughs) simple but um it's part of kind of you know this whole sound therapy experience you know how to listen rather than to you know focus listening is is very different to just hearing you know when you're bringing when you're listening you're bringing much more kind of um more consciousness to to the actual act of listening um and then the third week we're doing the art of seeing so we kind of you know each week builds on the previous week uh we're giving people it's really just about giving people these kind of tools if you like to really work with them work with their own emotions work with their thoughts you know to really kind of strip away all this kind of stress and fear and anxiety and just connect them to their own sense of truth and, and inner power so that's that's one thing that i'm doing it's called the journey home the website is the um, and then for my sound therapy it's rob sykes soundtherapy.com and um, for my straw marketry work it's rob sykes design.com and I think I still have a profile on Mixcloud and Soundcloud for my oh. DJ. My pod, there's some podcasts up there, right. um, which I think is the name, of Sykes.
0: Cool. And are there any uh, tracks that maybe we could share within the podcast?
2: Um, I know I'm putting uh, you on the my- spot. Yeah, you are a bit um <laughs> you can say no i mean you could even tell I mean, me well, because the, the, because the, the mixes a kind of other people's music oh so okay of this, course it's not stuff i've created um but I, could, I i i could actually i will actually share with you maybe not for the podcast but i will share with you a sound bath that you can actually listen to Amazing. both of you and you can of experienced it because you know like i said earlier on you can still have a very very powerful experience you know listening to it on a headphones rather than being in a live environment yeah. so i will send you a sound oh, that would be cool that just- would be
0: really cool thank you yes yeah. please yeah. <laughs> yeah. that sounds great amazing probably best cool. not to listen to it on the journey home there right in the car <laughs> don't do that no don't do that <laughs> all right well listen uh, yeah um thank you i really Genuinely appreciate your time and Rob. I know you've stayed up super late uh, to be here and to be chatting with us as well. So thank you, uh, extra special thank you to you. Um, and look after yourselves. And you know, I hope um, for both of you that uh, some sense of normality resumes or starts to resume soon. And uh, keep in touch. You know, send anything you want through our socials. We would love to hear and see what you're doing as well. Uh, and all that really remains to to say is um, we're going to finish with another song from you, Cat. And you've been doing doing a load of solo things at home as well. And um, this is the evolution of lockdown. Is that right?
1: Yes. yes. So I <laughs> very much miss collaborating with other people and writing for other people. So I got bored and made a band with myself <laughs> um, and <laughs> I've done some silly six part acapella arrangements. Um, so this evolution of lockdown is just the various stages of lockdown one. So I did this in time for the beginning of lockdown two starting. So it's all about feeling optimistic at the beginning. You're feeling great. And then you think you're going to undertake loads of projects and that doesn't happen. And then you're just plain depressed because that's <laughs> just happened, hasn't it? Yeah. And what else? You get sick of other people around you. You get spiraling into social media. And yeah, there's a little image in here by the end, which I think sums everything up. Yeah, And
0: I would like to add at this point as well, we're going to play the audio as part of the podcast, but the, the video is absolutely brilliant as well. Uh, so I will be sure to um, include the link to the video. It's on YouTube. Uh, so you can check it out. Just um, they can find you by typing in Cat Gisby if they want, can't they?
1: I think I might be Cat G on YouTube. You
0: are Cat G, Um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, Cat G, but we'll send the link as well on our uh, podcast stuff. So, yeah, this is uh, Cat Gisby, or Cat G on YouTube, if we're going to be really sensible and proper, um, with the evolution of lockdown.
3: I'm broke, but I'm happy. I'm poor, but I'm kind. I'm short, but I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm high, da-da, but I'm grounded da-da, da-da, I'm sane, but I'm overwhelmed da-da, I'm lost, but I'm hopeful baby. baby, and what it all comes down to Is that everything's gonna be fine, fine, fine Ooh. cause I've got one hand in my pocket And the other one's giving a high five da, 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 da Dim His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy There's vomit on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready To drop bombs, but he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down The whole crowd goes so loud He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out He's choking now, everybody's choking now The clock runs out, time's up over You better lose yourself in the music The moment you want it, you better never let it go You wanna get one shot, do not miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime you better lose yourself in the music The moment you want it You better never let it go You wanna get one shot Do not miss your chance to blow This opportunity comes once in a lifetime I can't sleep tonight Everybody's saying everything is alright Still I can't close my eyes I'm seeing a tunnel at the end of all these lights Sunny days Oh, where have you gone? I get the strangest feeling You belong Why does it always rain? Cause I lied when I was 17 Why does it always rain on me? Even though the sun is shining I can't avoid the lightning Why does it always rain on me?
2: Why does it always
3: rain? came here tonight I got the feeling that something ain't right I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair and I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs clowns to the left of me jokers to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you and i'm wondering what it is i should do well you started out with nothing and you're proud that you're a self-made and your friends they all come calling slap you on the back and say please Birth Control, Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon back again Moonshot, Woodstock, Watergate, Punk Rock Beacon, Regan, Palestine, Terror on the Airline Ayatollah's in Iran, Russia's in Afghanistan Wheel of Fortune, Sally Ride, Heavy Metal, Suicide Foreign debts, Homeless Feds, Aids, Crack, Bernie kids, Hypodermics on the shore, China's under martial law Rock and Roller, Color Wars We didn't start the fire It was always burning Since the world's been turning We didn't start the fire But when we are gone Will it still burn on And on, and on, 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 and on is going on, the dust has only just begun to form, crop circles in the carpet, sinking feeling. Ransom dots keep falling out your mouth Mid, sweet talk newspaper were cut-outs paper cutout. Speak, no uh, feeling I'm no, I don't, I don't believe you You don't care a bit, you don't you care a bit some boats, keep falling out care a bit. sweet talk newspaper were cut-outs You don't care a bit, care a bit. Nuts. Nuts. Care speak, no feeling no, I know. don't, I don't believe You don't care a bit, you don't care a bit you don't care a bit. Here I go again on my own.
0: Ah, no. And that's it. That's the end of episode 20. I never thought I'd get to episode 20 of any podcast. Never thought I'd get to the end of episode two. So you are making history today. So thank you both yes. so much. And that's it. Episode thank 20 finished. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Rob.